Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we're going to talk about Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, as well as BBC's 1995 miniseries. So, Pride and Prejudice is the story of five sisters of marriageable age, and basically the misunderstandings that tear them apart from their prospects. And I, I think some of the major themes are we learn that first impressions aren't everything, which, which <laughs> they find <laughs> during the course yeah. of this novel. And um, also that courting in the British Georgian era is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's basically like a game and some people are better at it than others. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting, just like dining is a game uh, in some respects of that time period, too. It is. This p- part of the social scene. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's so many rules, and I don't know, it's just mundane things on the surface, but they mean so much more. <laughs> yeah, you have to be pretty clever or like, to understand some of the things that are going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just the etiquette, and the, yeah. Yeah, they, they make it pretty difficult the inner meanings. Yeah. <laughs> so did you read this in high school? No, actually. Um, my English class, uh, we were kind of, I think we were broken off into groups, and so I was the Wuthering Heights group. <laughs> and so there's another group that read Pride and Prejudice. So I actually didn't read it until uh, maybe just a few years ago, actually. I found a, a little edition um an unabridged edition of the book, um, but it's like a little pocket size uh, hardcover, which is really cute. Um, but anyway, I so I thought I would try it because it's a classic, and I was really surprised with how much I enjoyed it. I think I had to look up a lot of vocabulary, <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe I shouldn't admit that. But, <laughs> but I really did enjoy it. It was a lot more um, humorous than I than I realized it would be. Yes, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I realized that either because I was thinking I had read it in high school, but turns out I did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I think, um, I re- yeah, I think I also read Wuthering Heights and I read Jane Eyre and I kind of like was thinking that that was like one of the ones and I would just have to go back and refresh because mm-hmm. I read Bridget Jones' diary several times. So maybe I felt like I had read this. Yeah. Um, but I had not. So yeah, I went back and um, I listened to the audiobook just just now and then also watched the miniseries. And mm-hmm. yes, it was very humorous. Like there were some really funny parts. Like um, Mr. Bennett was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> me too, me too. Like, yes, like, er, like M- Mrs. Bennett is, like, near hy- hysterical at all times. Like, yeah. whether she's happy or upset or whatever, and he just messes with her. I know. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I got a kick out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, because at the end of the book, once, you know, two or three of her daughters are married off, it says that she kind of settles down and, like... <laughs> Yes. She's not as silly as she was. Yes. So that, that was really interesting. Although, yes, so, like, that was my initial impression. But, okay, I want to talk about the whole theme of, I had read, I, I was just talking about this beforehand, I had read this quote from some author, some contemporary at the time, and I cannot find it. And I'm going to go back and find this for the show notes. But basically <laughs> he said this was, like, a piece of trash, just gossip, blah, blah, blah. And... 
as I started like listening to the audiobook, that was my first impression as well. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's all these women talk about. They're so silly. They're just like, oh, this <laughs> man is going to be at this place, blah, blah, blah. He has so much money, blah. But at the same time, you know, the more, the more I like started thinking about it, I'm like, as far as inheritance laws go, women can't own any property. Their entire mm-hmm. fortune and or future and whatever happens to them is based on who they marry. So of course they're obsessed with this, mm-hmm. and that kind of made me mad at Mr. Bennett because <laughs> you know I mean he he dismisses you know his wives or his wife and his like younger daughters as just being silly and ridiculous. But really, this is all they have to focus on is what as to what their life is going to become. Mm-hmm. So, whereas it's, like, funny in the moment, I'm like, maybe he should be a little bit more serious yeah. about this. Yeah. Because, I mean, once he passes, like, the the fates of his, his wife and his daughters are just up to, you know, whatever that awful Mr. Collins wants to do with them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and maybe he should take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And not I just feel- dismiss it. Yeah, I feel like at, at times he did realize, you know, the situation. But, yeah, for the most part, he was, yeah, kind of tor- tormenting his wife. Yes. But he did, it does mention several times in the book that he had a, a real tender spot for, for Elizabeth. For Elizabeth, like, yeah. For, he, she was his favorite. And, right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it is funny just to... <laughs> read yeah how he messes with his wife so much but it's it's also cool to note that um december 16th is jane austen's birthday yeah so she was born in 1775 yeah and it's it's also really neat i didn't know this but she was the seventh child of eight That's, oh wow I didn't yeah know a big either. family yeah sometimes well she's not seventh child of a seventh child well she could have been i guess but Sometimes the, maybe that's why she was so successful. Sometimes seventh child is uh, considered very lucky yeah, or lucky. Aus- auspicious. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she was part of the the middling rich, which is a kind of a the landed gentry. Middling rich. It sounds kind of like meddling rich. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, well, that makes a lot of sense yeah. because like the the Bennets in the story are basically like middling rich like they're kind yeah. of at the lower half yeah. of high society i guess i thought you were gonna say med- meddling the me- yeah and they're pretty yeah. meddling this is, too this been, yeah <laughs> yeah they, they fit that description on both counts yeah but it's also really cool that uh jane austen uh, because her dad had such a huge library um she got into reading at a young age and she started writing as a teenager and uh, and later on, um, her her writings, her earliest writings, were collected in a book called Juvenalia. So that's that's pretty cool that you can actually. Um, I'm not sure when that was published, but you know, read some of her teenage writings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's six novels, and then plus plus that collection. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, this was really an enjoyable read. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, it you know, it's written in a while back, so some of the vocabulary and phrasing is like a little, yeah. a little hard. But once you get over <laughs> that hump, like it, it's, yeah. it's pretty funny, and like, the, like a lot of the characters are very clever and are always making jokes, and mm-hmm. um, some of the situations are pretty humorous. So, I mean, I, I think it was a really enjoyable 
read and watch. And mm-hmm. and I mean it ends happily, so it's a really heartwarming ending <laughs> as well. <laughs> so that's good. And it's interesting too. I, I feel like this is almost an archetype. Like there are so many well, you mentioned Bridget Jones diary, uh, that there are so many um, stories and uh, yes. film, like TV and Yeah, like adaptations movies. and yeah. kind of like ways they've translated it into different mm-hmm. forms. <laughs> yeah, either like directly a Pride and Prejudice adaptation or just the like the themes of it or um, like I watch a lot of Korean dramas and I feel like the a lot of them take this the kind of Darcy like the rich jerk <laughs> as the you know the love interest or the eventual love interest oh, okay. you yeah. know <laughs> like he's awful when you first meet him and then yeah. he's really not as bad as he seems <laughs> yeah and the main character the female lead she she does like she thinks he's horrible but then he you know later on he starts to have feelings for her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just like Darcy and Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Darcy, he's really awful when you I first know, meet right? him. And I mean, <laughs> like part, part of it's like, he's not gonna play this society game. You yeah. Know? It's like some, some people are good at playing it. Some people are bad at playing it. And he's like one that just refuses to play it. Yeah, like he, he understands yeah. or he sees it happening. It's not like he doesn't get it but he's yeah he's just like i'm not i know what's what you're doing and i'm not gonna exactly (laughs) do that yeah but you think he could at least be a little nice (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because elizabeth or lizzie she is she is very astute and clever and sees what's going on and she i think she inherited from her father that playfulness and so she she not she doesn't necessarily decline playing the game you know the social game but she she plays it like yes <laughs> i think she's one of the the best like quote players yeah because i mean there's there's some people like darcy totally ignores it mm-hmm. um what's the older sister jane mm-hmm. like she kind of plays into it like she knows what she needs to do and she just goes for it there's some like the youngest sister lydia <laughs> who's just a nut it's like she doesn't recognize it either and she just the dad is yeah she just, does whatever she knows. wants and like she's crazy yes and she shames the entire family and then there's others like elizabeth plays it but she doesn't let herself get taken advantage of either like she's yeah. not gonna fall prey to these people like she doesn't marry colin she, when when she's offered she doesn't marry off mm-hmm. darcy when she's offered but she she knows what she wants and she's going for it mm-hmm. sometimes i feel like she was maybe too too much like too, like just kind of like her dad you know played too much sometimes mm-hmm. um i feel like sometimes she i mean it, even oh, i don't know how to describe it but like maybe she went too far sometimes or um, was too caught up with her own cleverness. If, does that make sense? That oh, she might, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think she yeah. gambled a lot too because, yeah. I mean, she turned down two proposals and as we mentioned, her family was only like, you know, they're well off but not amazingly so and there's five girls that they need to marry off so they kind of need mm-hmm. to take the offers when they can get them. Yeah, well, so, I don't blame her for yeah. Mr. Oh, yeah, Collins, like, I mean, but... who would want to end up with that dude? <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I mentioned a while ago that um, when we were talking about Pride and Prejudice, 
I mentioned Bride and Prejudice, the, yes! the Bollywood movie. Which, I love Bollywood, <laughs> but I have not seen You've that. So I need, it. yeah, I need to check yeah. that one out. <laughs> I think I saw it in the movie theater uh, well, the, the first time I saw it. Um, but it, anyway, just talking, whenever I think about Mr. Collins, I think about the, I can't remember um, the name of the character in the Bride and Prejudice, but his counterpart was, <laughs> oh my gosh, so crazy. Oh, and you're like, eh, he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the worst, Mr. Collins. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. actually, you know, who does marry him is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think, um, I guess Jane Austen used to, her as the example of like the practical one. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. I know I only have so many prospects, so I better take what I can get. And she was actually seemed like she was strangely resigned to her. Yeah. unhappy marriage content, I guess like she, content yeah she's like we don't talk to each other I'm fine with that and <laughs> she's like I know I'm gonna be taken care of yeah. um, I don't have to deal with this jerk too much you know <laughs> I have to see him once in a while and you know she she's just I mean she kind of set her goals to the middle and that's exactly what she got yeah and yeah. uh in the miniseries I, I forget if that because I, I know in the in the series they quoted directly from the book a ton um but i can't remember if the if the part where charlotte is she's like and i encourage him you know to be outside in his garden or to <laughs> take walks or i can't remember if that's exactly in the book but i <laughs> she she kind of in the in the show she like says that kind of with the a cunning smile. Exactly. She's <laughs> like, I know what I got yeah. myself into. She came into it with eyes wide open. It's like, it's not that yeah. she was disappointed that she was married to this, like, I don't know. He's just, I mean, mm-hmm. he's not mean or anything, but he's just like, <laughs> he's just kind of silly. Weird and annoying and just like, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and but thought... she, she knew what she was getting herself into yeah. basically. And, and I mean, I think that's what, you know, the best a lot of women could hope for. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, like, the Bennett sisters were actually really ambitious to find someone who was, like, well off and who would love them. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean... They were lucky, yeah. Yeah, very lucky. And very, you know... I mean, it was a gamble to try to find someone like that. Mm-hmm. Rather than to see the sure shot, you know, and, and take it. And I think it was also interesting that... Um, because Charlotte is Lizzie's best friend, mm-hmm. and so it's not so. So Lizzie's kind of put in a situation where she has to not judge, you right. know, because it is Charlotte is her best friend. I th- I think maybe if it was like the person down the street or whatever, <laughs> like someone that she didn't have close ties to, maybe she would, you know. Um, judge them more or like maybe make comment about it more like I'm I refuse to you know not marry for love like so and so but I I think the fact that it happened so close to her you know to someone I mean that it happened to someone so close to her heart that maybe maybe she learned something from that or yeah and she's she's very understanding of it because I think she respects Charlotte I don't think she thinks Charlotte was like dumb for doing that but I mean just basically she recognizes that different people have different values you know some need that safety and others want the you know pie in the sky (laughs) you know vision that everybody wants and are gonna go for it Mm -hmm. so 
And I think also, like, I mean, to, like, thinking about it from today's perspective, like, it's ridiculous not to marry for love, but at that time, like, that's not your main concern, you know? That's mm-hmm. just kind of like the icing on the cake, you know? You need to be taken care of, first and foremost, because it's not like women could go out and get jobs or even own property or inherit, mm-hmm. you know, money. Like, if you come from a rich family, it doesn't matter, because like once they're gone you still have nothing you know you have to mm-hmm. marry someone to be taken care of yeah well, it, is, it is interesting like they do mention that mrs bennett had some inheritance um but it but that it would hardly be anything like divided between the girls and right like so so sometimes women could come into something but mm-hmm. but yeah okay, it wasn't yeah. so it wasn't like absolute but yeah. still like you but, know, your, your, but your yeah it was about <laughs> It was like, well, like you said, it's about like acceptance in society and um, yeah, your standing in society. And it's very much, you know, the culture of the time is that, yeah, you, you need to be married, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to like have any, I don't know. So people won't talk about you. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know how it is, but yeah, you, can just be, you yeah. get that vibe. Yeah. Mary Spinster. <laughs> Yeah. Or what have you. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've talked about kind of the society and a lot of these um, events and balls and dinners happened around food. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good place to kind of bring in some of that and some of the stuff that we've been reading about. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned, you know, that, that dining and food was a social thing. Um, because, yeah, in the book, it mentions in different ways that it's like used to show off or um, or it's just a way to to get to know people better um, and, and to have conversation and to um, just to, to be together. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially for like young women around the, this age. Yeah. It's like how they court it. We're yeah. Your or, number yeah. one goal in life is to get married and you can't just like go out and meet people. You know, you have yeah. to be invited places and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you either go visiting and there's all kinds of rules around that. And then they were so excited when, you know, Mr. Bingley comes to town and they're going to throw <laughs> a ball so they can go and meet everyone. Yeah. Um, so that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in the book, um, I'm not sure if I can find the page, but Jane, uh, Lizzie is talking about how well or how not well uh, Jane knows Mr. Bingley, and she she was talking. She mentioned like he's she's had dinner with with him only like four times, you know, to get to know him, and and so so yeah, it's like centered around dinner. Like that was the excuse, I guess to. To actually to, be able to, to talk to get someone. Get to know each other, yeah. yeah I think that I spend my life with this person. Yeah. <laughs> Over four dinners. Yeah. <laughs> make this decision. Also, just on a day-to-day basis, um, you were mentioning that Jane Austen was kind of into food. Like, was she into food eating or was she into food cooking? Like, did it say anything about that? Well, yeah, so there's this article uh, in The Guardian, which is uh, from the UK, and it's called Pride and Partridges. And it mentions, uh, so so basically, um, Jane Austen's father, when he passed away, uh, she, Jane Austen lived with her mom and uh, and she also had an older sister, Cassandra. Uh, and so if Cassandra was away or if the mother was not feeling well, 
then the household duties would fall to Jane. And part of the household duties, of course, is the, the um, not necessarily preparation of the meals, but the organizing of them. And, you know, because of the time period, uh, ingredients had to be bought fresh, and so that had to be planned for. And, um, and so, yeah, and so this article was saying how Jane, um, she was good at that sort of thing, at like planning the meals and, and getting everything together. Um, so she was, she was a talented housekeeper when, it, when that lot fell to her. Um, and there was also, uh, let me see if I can find, Martha Lloyd. Um, she uh, spent a lot of time with the Austins, the Austin family. Um, she was an old family friend and she kept a recipe book uh, that it, and you can actually see it today at the Jane Austen House Museum, um, but it has like all the favorite recipes of the family, and it, and apparently um, there's a a silly rhyming recipe for pudding that that Jane Austen wrote that's in that cookbook. Um, but yeah, Jane, yeah, Jane was she was actually pretty fascinated with the the implications of food and dining uh, in the social scene and culture, like, and, th and that's how, you know, it worked into her books. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it, it pops up a lot in, mm -hmm. in the books, so I, that's, that's nice to know that she had, a, like, a, a interest in real life. <laughs> yeah, and it's also kind of cool how the BBC in, in their 1995 miniseries, how they translated Jane Austen's novel to the screen um, because as I was uh, skimming through the book again, um, you know, for preparation for the podcast, I realized that her her novel is very fast-paced because it's uh, di very heavily dialogue-driven. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really get a, a lot of detail in the setting or, you know, what the house interior look like and what room they're in yeah and they and and she mentions food every once in a while um just to let you know that there's you know they had dinner and then after dinner you know they they were in this room you know talking and having their coffee you know after dinner coffee or tea or you know and but it's kind of cool in the bbc miniseries that you know they had to show you all, all of that, and so. So um, they had to kind of interpret food, like what yeah. would have been here at this time, even what if was it on wasn't the table like, specifically <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a ton of food in in the miniseries, and I was I was telling you I actually took a bunch of screenshots <laughs> of like every time, because a lot of the conversations took place at the table, and they you know even if it wasn't like an event or anything, they're at like this person's house or this person's house, and they're just sitting mm -hmm. and having breakfast. <laughs> There's <laughs> they have they have breakfast the morning after Lydia has run off with um with what's his name um. Oh goodness! <laughs> I like blank. Now I'm. Now I can't think of it either. Now that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Wick Wickham. <laughs> Wickham, Wickham. Wickham. That's it. Yes, yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. So Lydia has run off with Wickham, and so everyone's like on red alert, 
And then they're like calmly sitting at the table, <laughs> buttering muffins. They're like, "What are we going to do?" Like, Isn't that like stereotypical? Yes. Brit- yeah, British, it was just like, like the juxtaposition. <laughs> juxtaposition. They're having this like lovely breakfast, and they're all like sitting there so calmly, where they you know, know they're important. all freaking out. Like, what yeah. are we going to do? So <laughs> they know what's lo- important. Yeah. You got to sit down for your meal. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I was like, "Yes, that's exactly how I want to live my life." <laughs> I mean, life might be, like, turning upside down, but at least you can have your lovely English Take a breath. Take a breath and eat something. (laughs) Keep calm and eat your breakfast. (laughs) And also, yeah, the reason I ask you, too, about, um, like, if if Jane Austen was actually interested in cooking, and it sounds like she might have been if she was writing, like, Mm -hmm. rhyming recipes for pudding, um, was there is one point in the book that I did make a note um, that I think Mr., Mr. Bingley has come for dinner at the Bennetts, and finally he, yes and he yeah. and he mentions this, i mean this is actually kind of towards the beginning like he's met jane he's into her so he's come over and he mentions that like the food is wonderful so like um the girls must be good cooks and mrs bennett is scandalized she's like <laughs> we don't cook we have a cook <laughs> yes they don't know anything about cooking like she freaks out yeah so it, like uh, again you know they're at the low end of high society but she wants to make it clear that we do not do any of our own cooking we have a cook so yeah so <laughs> i think that was kind of a big deal because she did make a big deal about it yeah so yeah apparently um in one of jane's uh, her juvenilia writings um there there is one character who's like food obsessed and she so there's a there's one of those there's short short stories in that that's like got a lot of food in it and yeah oh, so that i think neat. I yeah look that up. <laughs> i think it's really cool though that she you know she realized the importance of food and meal t- especially not necessarily food as food but as meal time and all that that entailed because it yeah, I think that that is the important role that it played in most of or in all of her novels is that yeah, it's that time like all these interactions are together. happening. Yeah, all yeah. these interact the only time you have a chance to basically talk to anybody is kind of centered around events mm-hmm. and meal times. And I so, feel like you know, the daily activities to dinner, to tea yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the daily all... activities were all planned around meal time like and and also you know there's I don't even know if I can list all of the the meals throughout the day because well there's breakfast and then I, I don't know at some point there's tea and then there's lunch and then 11 Z's <laughs> yeah I mean there so there are more I know we're th- thinking of hobbits or something. Right. <laughs> but but no well I think 11 Z's where it was is a real thing like <laughs> Oh, okay, so not but, second breakfast, maybe. Well, I, I don't know, but then... Um, and then it's also mentioned uh, when Jane is is ill, when she's fallen ill and she's at uh, Mr. Bingley's estate, that the sisters... Yeah, when she was sent in on the Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Bennet. <laughs> but she did it. I think she's the mastermind it. in the story, but yeah, anyway, go ahead. Right, yeah, she's just playing, <laughs> playing silly, but... Um, but this says that it's a Jane wrote that the sisters, I mean Jane Austen wrote, <laughs> wrote that the sisters um, they visited Jane in her bedroom. It was either before or after coffee. Like co- that coffee was a, a 
a specific time. Right. It's like, you know. okay, it's like three so or four tea, o'clock. So there's tea, and then and there's having... coffee, and then there's, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah so that, they have, like, it's... times throughout the day that, like, we are expected to do yeah. this at this time. Which is great, because then, like, everyone can gather and, you know, okay, what, you know, unfold the events of the last hour, <laughs> you know? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of gossip have you gathered from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently also uh, at balls, uh, the, at the dances, um, that you had mentioned it already, um, but that's quite a food affair. Like there are so many courses, but then you take, you know, you dance for you know, a certain amount of time, and then you sit down and eat. Right. You and, know, and the dinners, and, yeah, I was reading my Well, list. and then you go back to dancing or playing right. games, and then you eat some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, they they would set out, like, some dishes, I guess more, like, kind of buffet-style stuff when um, and drinks um, when the dancing's going on, and then they would serve, like, a full meal sometime around midnight. So after yeah. you've, well... like, been, you know, dancing and, you know... <laughs> drinking and whatever like um at, at midnight they would have this full meal and then again yeah so these parties would like go yeah and then people's got some stamina <laughs> i know it's like hey yeah you have to refresh around midnight and then <laughs> well and then it, you know it says that the moms came or you know sometimes both parents came of the you know the girls that were at the party so it's like you know and the aunts and you know p- different people in the community came not just like the young people it's right like even the older people and they're all <laughs> having a time like staying, yeah. yeah being there until the wee hours of the morning it sounds pretty fun actually i would love yeah. to go to one of those falls they're party people right <laughs> although i don't know if i could compete in the verbal gymnastics that's going on i know that's a good way of putting it yeah i'd just be like um point me yes. to the food table please right yeah that would be me yeah because anything you say to anyone has to like be polite on the surface but have mm-hmm. like some kind of scathing double meaning yeah <laughs> below it so i'll be like okay i'm just gonna go enjoy my muffin in the corner <laughs> well it's interesting because jane bennett she i mean she was um praised by everyone as being such a beauty and everything and she and you know she knew i'm sure she knew what was going on like in the social scene but she was so i don't know if innocent is the right word but like she wasn't i don't feel like she did any kind of manipulating or... No, she was very straightforward and very sweet. Yeah, yeah. and so I think she just kind of, I mean, had her hopes and took the hand that was dealt to her. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's nice even... that Mr. Bingley happened along. Right, Because <laughs> they're know. a good match. Yes, yeah. I was so happy that it worked yeah. out between them. Because I think, yeah, even at the point where she was disappointed, like, she wasn't, I mean, she was very disappointed, but she wasn't, like, angry or yeah. upset, or I should have done this differently. She was just like a so commendable. It, it just and everything. didn't work out. Yeah. yeah, she was just like I mean, she was she was upset about it, but she wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, her nature was very sweet. Yeah, I think yeah, sweet yeah. is probably the best way to <laughs> describe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was very happy that all worked out for her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny at the very end. Um, was Darcy the name of Darcy's sister? I. I keep forgetting. Um, is it but, 
Georgiana. Georgiana, yes. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> Needed a prompt. Um, it said that she, because she lived with Darcy and Elizabeth after they got married, I think, right? She lived with them mm-hmm. or she, yeah. I think, I think so, yeah. Because he's her caretaker, yeah. And that she was surprised at the very beginning, like, at their banter. <laughs> but then she, you know, grew accustomed to it and knew that that's just how they... Right. How they acted with each other. And, <laughs> you know, it was more like a playful thing. Or, yes. Or that they, the other personalities meshed so well, they could just be brutally honest. And, right. You know, no, I loved, yeah. I loved their, um, their interactions. Yeah. So it, it's nice how, like, Jane and Bingley fit together. And then, yeah, how Darcy and Elizabeth eventually <laughs> fit together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, that's another. Okay, so we've talked about Jane like Mr. Bingley? <laughs> oh man, I love him. Like yeah. in the yeah, in the in the um miniseries, I couldn't help grinning anytime he was on screen because he has this enormous smile on his face <laughs> at all times. Yeah. I and feel like, like he's kind he's... of a cuddly teddy bear. Like He is. Not necessarily like maybe a lanky teddy bear, I don't know, but just yeah. like yeah, <laughs> just perfect for Jane. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like anytime they were on screen together, they were just like staring at each other, smiling, yeah, so and like cute. not even kind of aware of everybody else in the room. It was so sweet. And yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just like perfect and good natured. So yeah, they're the perfect couple. They're, they're kind of bland, but they're very sweet and charming. Yeah. And then yeah, I think Elizabeth and um, Mr. Darcy are fantastic too because they can just you know <laughs> mm-hmm. say horrible things to each other and still be. <laughs> Yeah, like like Jane, Jane and Bingley, I can imagine them being very compassionate towards one another, like very thoughtful, um, like like that he would always be thinking about her, um, you know, like if she needed any help with anything or, you know, that they would be very mindful of each other. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Darcy and Elizabeth, they would just say it like, well, well at right. least <laughs> at, le- at least Elizabeth would be like, um, <laughs> I need help with this right now. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, would. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't be so brutally honest. He would like go brood for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And she, yeah, she would let yes. him have it. But then, yeah. <laughs> but then he would think it was like super attractive that she's that way. And then, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, and just to mention the actors too, um, Colin Firth, of course, we all know and love. That's like his quintessential role, right? Yes, like, that's like, like always calls back to it, which also makes it very meta when he plays, you know, <laughs> Mark Darcy and Bridget Johns. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually wasn't that familiar with um, what is her name, Jennifer Ely, who mm-hmm. was so. um, Elizabeth. Like, I know she's been in other stuff, but I hadn't seen her in anything else. Like, I, I am DB'd her, and I haven't seen any of her more recent stuff. But what I did, I, I did find interesting about her is two things. One, she was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is like oh, an, hour and a, an hour and a half from my house. <laughs> what? But her mother's British. So that's why, yeah, I think she, I guess she grew up there, um... Um, she moved there afterwards. But then also a call back to one of our earlier episodes. She was originally cast to play Catelyn Stark. Oh, really? Yes, okay. and she actually filmed um, she filmed scenes in the pilot. <laughs> wow. But then, yeah, and so, but then she left for, pers- for personal issues, and they cast Michelle Fairley. Hmm. So I think she would have made a really good Catelyn Stark. Yeah, actually. that would have been really cool. Yeah, I would have enjoyed to see her because I, I I really enjoyed her in this mini series. I recognized, um, so I 
there's a, a British show called Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, I've seen a couple of episodes. Uh, it's very yeah. good. <laughs> and so Julia Sawala, who played Lydia, she she was Saffron in Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, I don't know if you remember I, I, I saw, <laughs> yeah, I saw Fab like years and years and years ago. Yeah. So like I didn't recognize her, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Saying. That was just someone, someone that I recognized. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, Miss, and then Mr. Bingley, he was Chris, Crispin Bonham Carter. And I'm sure that last name sounds familiar. Bonham Carter. Yeah. So he's, he's related to her. He's, he's like a third cousin. <laughs> oh, okay. Of so I, that's probably pretty funny. I assume they were like siblings with like yeah. <laughs> that last name. But so third cousin. I don't distantly know. Distantly related. Yeah, distantly. <laughs> But anyway, a little tidbit. <laughs> All right. So muffins are mentioned in Pride and Prejudice. Um, like just, again, Jane, Jane Austen doesn't like give super details about her food um, and just kind of states <laughs> plainly what is, what's, what's there. Uh, and so muffins and coffee and tea uh, were in one of the scenes. And so as they were playing like, cards. Yeah. And so I was like, muffins, all right. But it, when I I'm I'm just you know, regular old American, so I'm like, oh scones. <laughs> <laughs> Tea time and scones. That's you know, when I think of so when I think of like Pride and Prejudice or you know, the Regency or Georgian era. Yeah. I'm like, oh, In fact I was kinda yeah, I was kinda scones. taken out of the so. moment to read muffins. I'm like, muffins? That doesn't right. sound very <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Muffin, muffins and coffee. Yeah, it's like Come on. what? That's like what like... I had for breakfast. <laughs> I want something more. <laughs> for me. So yeah, so I thought I would combine the two. So I made scone muffins. <laughs> so basically, just scones in the shape of muffins. So like uh, baked in a muffin tin instead of because um, normally with a scone. You'll make the dough, and then you kind of pat it out in a, th a thick round, and then you um, you can, I mean, you can make it different ways, but um, typically, like, you'll slice it so it's wedges, and then you just bake them up on a baking sheet. Um, but for this, I made the dough, and then I, I put them in a buttered and sugared muffin uh, pan, um, and the ingredients... Uh, uh, apples and cheddar cheese. Yum. Yum, yum. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that kind of, yeah, it's an awesome combination. Um, but also I think it kind of speaks to like that, that middling class, if that makes sense. Like it's like apples and cheese. They're kind of oh, a yeah, common thing. They're like kind of farmhouse thing. ingredients. Yeah. yeah so like um, common, but then you can kind of elevate them with the yeah, but I made it into a scone, <laughs> a fancy muffin. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're, and they're very delicious and they're flaky and buttery. Um, so definitely perfect with tea or coffee. Um, and with mine, this definitely isn't necessary. It's, it's optional, but I had a little heart cookie cutter. And so I just made like a little heart imprint because it's Aww. a love story. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll put, we'll, we'll have pictures of that uh, with the recipe. Nice. So. <laughs> so tell us about yours. Um, I made white soup. Oh, well. Yeah, which is kind of, um, 
like a starter soup that was served at a lot of these like balls and events. Um, mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple. It's like very simple and elegant. Um, it's made with veal stock, blanched almonds, and um, white bread. That's kind of like the body of it. And then you thicken it mm-hmm. with um, with an egg yolk and then put mm-hmm. a bunch of cream in it. <laughs> Cream. Yes, and then um, yeah, at the very end, you can season it with some lemon and cayenne pepper, and then um, that sounds lovely to put some lemon in it. Yeah, yeah, just kind of yeah. freshen it up. So it was really nice, actually. It was um, yeah, like just a kind of very simple dish, but um, like I said, very elegant. Like I would make it again for sure um, as like a first course of something. Although mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was like, you know, I just more. Um, closer to the way I cook normally, like I would probably replace the bread with like roasted cauliflower or parsnips or something like that and make it more like of a vegetable mm-hmm. soup. But I really liked how it was. I liked the um, like the richness of the veal stock and the, the body of yeah. the egg. And of course, the cream was awesome. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm going to keep this. Um, I'm going to keep this in my repertoire because I really liked how it turned out. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah. And the fact that there's bread in it is. Yeah, that is. How so? Do you just strain it at the ends, or like how yeah. does the bread dissolve? Um, yeah, so I, much? I I crumbled it up and um, mm-hmm. I kind of like simmered it with the with the veal stock and the almonds, and then I put the whole thing mm-hmm. in the blender and then passed it through oh, a strainer. Gotcha. Yeah, passed it through a strainer. Although most of it went through the strainer after I put it in the blender, so it wasn't like a whole lot to strain out. Um, but it was still like pretty smooth after that. So that was good. And then you add in the cream. So mm-hmm. how how thick or thin is it supposed to be? Um, I think it's supposed to be like I mean, it does definitely has a body to it, but it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, as thick as a chowder. It's like thin enough that it's yeah. like kind of more of a, you know, nice smooth, like just like yeah. a smooth like first course light starter. That sounds nice. Yeah. And it and even though it has the veal stock in it, it is it really like a white like it, it is it was white soup. Like, it like, wasn't like, you know, purely yeah, white. But, but it was like yeah, yeah. I mean it was like light colored you know it was kind of, yeah. like, kind of like a light tan oh and I garnished it um I was just gonna ask because yeah, I'm like, like it sounds beautiful yeah, but then you garnish yeah, it garnish. Um, with toasted almonds but I actually had mm. um pistachios and pomegranates in the house so oh. I'm like I'm gonna use that so that was like a really nice contrast too <laughs> that's neat. kind of nice color for the holidays yeah. too <laughs> and I also read something about um like um families would use pistachios and pomegranates with the soup to show their class. <laughs> oh, ooh. Yeah. So, so I was like, I was trying to like social climb with my soup. <laughs> <laughs> so was that, so maybe that's what Mr. Bingley had because he was upper. Yeah. Class. Or is that something more of like Lady Catherine level or, <laughs> yeah. or Mr. Well, Darcy with his I think, 10, I think, it, I could, think it could, it could range the, yeah, it could, it could, yeah. <laughs> be served across the range it just kind of depends on like you know how you and there's actually i mean this was one preparation there were other ones i think you you mentioned you found one that like took a couple days to prepare so yeah this, i thought i had this yeah, one was very that. simple like this one took mm-hmm. like you know um like 10 minutes to throw together and then like half an hour to just simmer. don't tell anybody oh right just, yes oh, oh it's very difficult day. i spent all day so, what does it cook cook nickels is, is was it nickels is the name of mr bingley's cook because like, i have to wait for for nickels to finish the white soup that's, that that's like... the best name yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean i i guess it depends like there's probably different preparations but this one was very simple and um it sounds really yeah good. it could definitely be part of a part of a 
grand meal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, um, it's not hearty enough to have by itself, but it's definitely like, mm-hmm. could be part of a meal. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that the ingredients would show, you know, what class or, or like what class you aspire to, I suppose. Like, um, because it, in one of the scenes, um, the food that was mentioned specifically was ragu. Right. And, and that was because uh, at the time, like French cooking was becoming kind of a fad and that, and that showed, you know, your, your level in society. Um, if you were able to either hire French cooks or because Mrs. Bennett made that comment to Mr. Darcy, like, oh, I'm sure you have like a bunch of French cooks right. or something. Um, but the ragu scene, uh, Jane, because ragu would have been a fancy French, like kind of a newer um, French dish. And so Jane was like, no, thanks. I'll stick with, you know, something plainer than that. Like. But no, that's interesting. You like you're talking about the French chefs because I think I read something um, more recently. Um, I think it was like in relation to Downton Abbey, which I'm also a fan of. And it was yeah. like French cooks were like in vogue, I guess, for a long time because they're like, where mm-hmm. do we get this um, this stereotype that British food is terrible? Because <laughs> there's definitely yeah. a stereotype. But I think they they said that came in play around World War Two when they're like. Again, to tie back to our episode from last week. Yeah, the um, rations. Yeah, like the wartime yeah. rations where food became pretty dismal, but that's because they didn't have access to good ingredients mm-hmm. or um, like financial resources to be hiring these like fantastic mm-hmm. cooks for the household. Um, but for a long time, yeah, like you could hire like a very good cook. Um, a lot of them from France, um, you know, were like the you know, quote, best cuisine was from. And so British mm-hmm. food was actually fantastic for a long time, for like yeah. hundreds of years. Including the ragu. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, I could make ragu, but I really like these scones. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm excited about your scones. I want to share this, yeah. <laughs> I've actually never made scones, so I might have to try with yours. <laughs> yeah, it and, really and super versatile, Yeah. Well, for for this one, like I mentioned, the apples. Um, so you have to like pre-bake the apples so that they dry out a little bit. Um, but but really, you know, you could put other ingredients in there, or yeah, it's just pick your favorite tea or coffee and, and go for it. Yeah, nice. So we can have white soup for our main course, and then have <laughs> scones for dessert. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> Well, okay, I guess we can wrap this week's episode up. Um, we'll put show notes and our recipes and anything we mentioned um, on the website, which is fictionkitchenpodcast.com. And you can contact us at fictionkitchenpodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and tune in next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>